1: If you are insulted for the name of Christ Jesus, blessed are you, for the Spirit of God rests upon you. Alleluia. 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them, If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you, wishing to construct a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, After laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and saying, this one began to build but does not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not while he was still away, he would send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, every one of you who does not renounce his possessions cannot be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In many ways, the scripture is very clear. Jesus wants to be number one nothing else no one else in front of me he wants to be number one with us and why not he is the son of god he came to be number one we'll get to that in a second today um we offer mass for the, the not only the knights that remember them but for when she was in class so we toured around washington i heard so much about the john paul second saint john paul ii center marron it was great it was beautiful and it's all funded by the knights of columbus uh and it's a, a very educational experience a spiritual experience going on and it was a nice experience and, and to know that it's from the knights that they supported this and they support a lot of ministries of evangelization not friends of the word yet but they you know they have that option um but they support evangelization throughout the world and one of the things I, I'm very impressed with is building the most ancient part of our Christian faith. That's where it began, in the Middle East, and, and working with the, the churches and the, and the dioceses there in the Middle East, working for reconciliation between Christians and, and the other religious groups that caused a great deal of conflict. So I think the Knights of Columbus do a lot of good work, and locally, I know you, you have your own charities here, so it's, it's a great ministry founded by a very nice priest whose cause is up for canonization um, to insure their members and that's what it was originally and I was impressed with that. It was like an insurance agency, but a wholehearted insurance agency. So I I thank the Knights for being here today and, and for allowing us to benefit from their good work, their charity. Okay, there's a lot going on in the scriptures today. I don't have to comment on that, of course. That's why we're here. But the first scripture, first is very interesting because it summarizes um, the commandments you shall not commit adultery, steal, kill, covet, etc., etc. And of course, the conclusion is there's only one commandment love the Lord your God as you love yourself. That's Jesus. But this list of commandments reminds me of Michael, my brother. His picture was here the other day with the other deceased members of our families and friends. And Michael used to boast about telling his own buddies, it's great having a brother who's a priest. They said, yeah, why? I just call him up and I tell him I did one to six and he gives me three Hail Marys. Never happened, it wasn't true. But he would tell people that all the time. I just call my brother up and tell him what sins I did and he'd give me a penance over the phone. It wasn't true, but it was, our comedy, you might say, family comedy. And of course, some of his buddies would say, hey, Louie, you know, you know I, can I call it? No, 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 it's not true. But of course, this reminds me of that. And we look at something very serious as the commandments and we can joke about them. About them okay? And we look at Jesus saying to his, his followers, you got to hate everybody else and I'm number one. And you almost want to joke about that because, come on, Jesus. How can we love father and mother according to the commandments, sister, brother, and, quote, hate them in order to follow you? It's kind of crazy in our, in our heads. It's like a, a, little, a little confusion. Well, the word was hate, but it was another version of hate. It was basically nothing comes before me, Jesus saying. I'm number one. And think about that. The necessity of having the Son of God as the foundation of our lives. And then through that love of God in Jesus Christ, love our sisters and brothers, our parents, our spouses, and our neighbors. Because it clarifies the vision of, yes, there's romantic love between parents, I mean, spouses. Yes, there's maternal and paternal love between kids and their parents and and all the rest but we have a special you might say a special layer or a special grace that gives us a deeper reason for loving one another therefore the, the sacredness of marriage we'd only love your spouse you don't only love them because of their attractiveness their their willingness to be one with you, their, their sexual attraction, that, that's great, that's, that's human. But we love, our, those of you who are married, love your spouses in Jesus. So their, their relationship of a husband and wife is so much more blessed when we bring Jesus into the love affair. It's blessed because you want what's best for the person. You want to do what's good for him or her, and as Jesus says, not in Romans here, but in another section, you love each other like you love yourself. And there's no greater love than that. So you want what's best for the spouse, you want what's good for the spouse, you want what's healthy, and you never hold a grudge. Oh, I know, people do hold grudges. But we got Jesus to look at. And Jesus is saying, you may be upset with your husband your wife, and now let's go to the rest of the family, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, and all that. But they're only adjuncts to your life. Number one is Jesus. So you look at the people in your life who bug you, who bother you, who you love, and as your family members, and you clarify through the lens of grace how you love them, how you forgive one another, how you care, how you show, how you give empathy. See, Jesus is very... He, he, I mean, this is this from Paul's letter, of course, uh, to the Romans. But Jesus is very well, you know, the problem, not the problem, but the issue is he's God and man. So he knows the best of both worlds. So he's got humanity in his own experiences in the palm of his hand and how to live as a human being. And he has divinity in the palm of his hands. Always think of that, the words that the priest says when combining the water. And the wine at them at the altar. The divinity of Jesus was combined and accepted our humanity. And the goal is our humanity combines to accept his divinity in our lives. So when Jesus preaches love, he tells us, okay, don't get caught up with things before me, because his love is eternal, his love is connected to the Father. So love espouse your neighbors appropriately but not before me big you know it's most difficult to ex- be accepted by i think someone in new love young love because we've all been there first love or young love you get butterflies in your stomach you can't think about anybody else you write her name or his name down you you, you ruminate all the time so Break through that in order for this scripture to take effect, but I think when love is love and it's and it's grown and it's a mature Then we can understand Jesus The best way to love one another is through Jesus' mandate And I gotta throw this little piece in too He says clearly Basically nothing comes before me And you know in the 12-step program That's the the basis. They don't necessarily say Jesus or God, they have higher power, that's fine, that's philosophical. But those who are addicts in any field, drug addiction, sexual addiction, uh, greed, uh, and the list goes on, alcoholism, the reason for the addiction is the person is, quote, in love with the substance more than he is with himself and more than she is with her family that's why you heard stories you know the families a, a, a child or even a parent who's who's an addict steals lies does all those things in order to get the substance whether it's a drug whether it's an alcohol so the love that that person the addict has is with The first primary is the substance, and this is a great scripture for that person. The first thing we have to love is God, as we love ourselves. And if you don't love yourself because you're an addict or or hurt in any way, then change it around and focus on Jesus. Find out what Jesus is all about. Look to Jesus. Look at his example of love. Listen to how he loves people. Listen to how he lays down his life for, for us and then follow him as our quote higher power but what we who believe as our lord and and savior so jesus has it all covered it's up to us to open our minds and hearts clearly enough to put him first